today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. How many times, like Abraham, do we delay in our complete obedience? How many times, like Sarah, do we in our disbelief think it's impossible for God to do what He promised He was going to do? I mean, this is the essence of what faith is, right? We believe the promises of God, even though we don't see how it's possible for God. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. It can be difficult to understand true obedience when we only receive commands from imperfect people. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that having faith in Christ means being obedient even when you don't understand or comprehend what's at stake. Obedience is simply the action that follows a statement of faith. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the Inspired in Truth podcast or download the Inspired in Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today's text will be chapter 11 and we'll begin in verse 8 and Lord willing make it through to verse 19. So the writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit, verse 8 writes, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, verse 9, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, his son and grandson who were heirs with him of the same promise. For, verse 10, he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And, verse 11, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, (laughs) came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people, verse 13, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. 
Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them by faith Abraham, verse 17. When God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, he who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, his only begotten son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So I want to talk with you today about those times in our Christian lives when it seems that God's ways make no sense whatsoever. You know what I'm talking about? If not, we can just close in prayer and just go home. In the text before us today, the writer of Hebrews will draw our attention to the faith of this man, Abraham. And not just the faith that he had in his life, but the faith he had throughout his life, even at the end of his life, when he's a hundred years old. God's still testing his faith. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> For those of us that have been walking with the Lord for many, many, many years, you would think, you know, oh, I, leave him alone. He's old already. <laughs> Quit testing him. Well, I spent a considerable amount of time this last week, because again, and I know I say this every week, but I've been really looking forward to this particular passage dealing with Abraham. So what follows are three examples of both how it is and why it is that we, like Abraham, can by faith trust God when doing so makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And the first one is found in the verses 8 through 10, and it's obeying while not knowing. This is the account, we have it recorded for us in Genesis 12, when God calls Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees. And he says to Abraham, I want you to leave this country. And he doesn't tell Abraham where he's going. He just says, I want you to go. Where? Not telling you. Just going to have to trust me by faith. And so he does. Now it is interesting that Abraham, while he obeyed, he also delayed. And by that I mean he actually only went halfway to where God had called him to go, but he did eventually fully obey God in the end. I point that out because God still blessed and acknowledged Abraham's faith despite the fact that he delayed. This is one of three, there's more of course, where Abraham was tested, his faith was tested. But there's something here that I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to point out. 
And it has to do with what we're told in verse 9, and then what we're going to talk about in a moment, that's in verses 13 through 16. I don't know if you noticed this or not while we were reading the passage, but no less than three times we're told. The writer of Hebrews is very careful by the Holy Spirit to point out this interesting detail, this detail about how they look forward to a different country, a, a different home. And as such, they, they didn't settle in the country where they resided. They were not, if you prefer, permanent residents. Why? Because this was not their final destination. Do you see where I'm going with this? I'll take it a step further and suggest that this is the why behind the what of faith, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Why would Abraham by faith go to a place he knew nothing about? We're told he, he obeyed and went, not knowing where he was going. God calls him to leave Ur of the Chaldees. That's faith. How is it that he's able to do that? Because he knew that he was looking forward to that which was promised, yet future, that he would not yet realize this side of eternity. And that's what kept him going. That was the, if I can say it this way, the fuel in the tank of his obedience by faith, obeying, not knowing. They lived as foreigners. I hate to use the word aliens because of the connotation nowadays. When my parents immigrated to America legally, they immigrated legally to America when I was nine months old, they were considered aliens. <laughs> that explains a lot, doesn't it, right? They were foreigners. They were not permanent residents or citizens of the United States of America. They had to study for five years. Man, this was 1963, 1968. For five years they studied, they prepared, and then finally they qualified and were able to apply for citizenship as permanent residents. Boy, am I so glad they did, because had they not become U.S. citizens and permanent residents of the United States of America, when I turned 18, I would have been sent back to Beirut, Lebanon. I don't want to go to Beirut, Lebanon <laughs> right now, if you know what I mean. But because they became U.S. citizens, permanent residents, when I turned 18, I had the option. I could automatically become a U.S. citizen, or I could go back to Beirut, Lebanon, and become a citizen of Lebanon. So they settled in this land, but they didn't get too comfortable. It was only temporary. They were not permanent residents of the country they were in. Rather, they were sojourners. That's not a word we use much in our vocabulary anymore. But that's what we are in this world. We are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're just passing through. We're, we're sojourners. We're, we're foreigners 
in this world, not our home. This is not our final destination. And dare I say, and we're going to see this again in a moment, but dare I say that this is the key to faith, meaning that you you have faith when you let go of this world that has a hold on you, because you're just passing through. The tighter you hold on to this world and the things of this world, proportionate will be your unbelief, because you're too settled. Your roots are dug down too deep into the soil of this temporal world that is not our home. We are just passing through. We are foreigners in this land. They looked forward to heaven, a city whose architect and builder was God. That is how we should live our lives in this world, by faith, looking forward to that day, soon and very soon, by the way. I believe, and I know you do too, with everything that's going on in the world today, very soon, sooner I believe than any of us can possibly imagine. We look forward to that place that God is preparing for us, Jesus to His disciples said. And by the way, this is a passage of Scripture where Jesus is talking about the rapture. Did you know that? When He says to His disciples, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you, so that where I am there you may be also. He's talking as a bridegroom to his bride. And in that day, as was the custom, the bridegroom would come at a day and an hour that nobody expected, as a thief in the night, and abduct his bride, and take her to his father's house, where he had built a room addition as a bridal chamber, where they would consummate and celebrate their marriage for a period of seven. I'm not going to get into that. So some of you are looking at me like, oh no, you're not. No, I'm not. (laughs) It's just fascinating typology though. The second one is in verses 11 through 16, and it's believing while not seeing. Now this to me is perhaps one of the most difficult tests, I believe, for Abraham up to this point. Because this is when God makes this promise to Abraham that he's going to make his descendants as numerous as the sands on the seashore and the stars in the sky. Now we've got a problem here, because Sarah can't have children. Uh, We've gone to all the infertility clinics, and we've done all the tests, we've tried everything, and it just ain't happening. And now we're kind of getting up there in years, and that ship has sailed, you might say. But wait a minute, God promised you that He was going to give you a son. Well, they grew impatient. You know the story, right? They grew impatient, and Sarah comes up with this idea that 
maybe they need to help God out. So she brings Hagar, the Egyptian maidservant, to Abraham and says, you know, honey, I, I love you, and I know God promised, and maybe we should just do it like this. And so he does, and then they give birth to Ishmael, a work of the flesh. That's going to come in to play here in a moment. And isn't it interesting that even with what Sarah did, even when she laughed, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, one year to the day you're going to have a son, even that, the writer of Hebrews includes Sarah's faith. May that be an encouragement to us here today, because how many times, like Abraham, do we delay in our complete obedience? How many times, like Sarah, do we in our disbelief think it's impossible for God to do what He promised He was going to do? I mean, this is the essence of what faith is, right? We believe the promises of God, even though we don't see how it's possible for God. Okay, God, we have this promise from you that you're going to give us a son, biological son. And from this promised son, our descendants are going to be more numerous than the sands on the seashore and the stars in the sky. Um, Lord, we better get this show on the road, because the clock is ticking, or as we say, the biological clock is ticking. God, why are you taking so long? Oh, because I have to bring it to the place and bring you to the place where it's absolutely impossible. And then I can do it. Because see, if it's still possible for you, it's hands off to me. Okay, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I think of that man who said that to Jesus. Oh my goodness. That's me. It's you too, so don't look at me all spiritual, right? I believe, but how my unbelief? Abraham and Sarah, okay, I believe, but time starts moving forward, and I believe it, but I just don't see. And this is that whole notion of, well, seeing is believing, not with the Lord. Believing is seeing. Okay, I, I believe, but I just don't see it. Good. Yeah, but Lord, I mean, I, I believe you can do it, but I just don't see. I mean, okay, I'm 90, and my husband is 100, and I just don't see how it's possible. That's why 13 years earlier we decided to get Hagar involved in this whole thing and help you out and give birth to Ishmael. And it's almost like this. It's like God saying, okay, did I promise you I was going to do it? Yeah. So does time supersede my promise to you? Does the length of time supersede? Does it have the final word on my, oh, is my promise to you now null and void because so much time has gone by and now the situation is absolutely impossible? Is that what you're saying? Well, Truth be made known, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying, because 
you know, this is impossible. Okay, now it's possible. Are you saying it's impossible for you? Yes, Lord, it's impossible. There's no way. The womb has long ago been barren and closed, well beyond childbearing years. So I know you promised us this, and we believe, but yeah, I just don't see it. Okay, well watch me now, because I'm going to do it now. Why are you going to do it now? Because you'll know it was me, because it was impossible for you. And see, when it's impossible for you, that means it's possible for me, because I'm the God of the impossible, and there's nothing impossible for me. No, there, there are things that are hands off to me when it's still possible for you, but I'll just wait, even if it's a hundred years, I guess, for you to come to the end of yourself and throw up your hands in surrender and say, Lord, I can't do this. It's impossible. This is never going to happen. And God has you right where He wants you. Now God can do it. I believe you, Lord, but I don't see it. Jesus said, if you will but believe, you will see. You believe and you will see through the eyes of faith. So what happens? Well, you know the story. She gets pregnant and gives birth to Isaac. By the way, his name is the nature. In Hebrew it means laughter. It's the same word in Arabic. In Hebrew it's pronounced Yitzhak. In Arabic it's pronounced Yitzhak. It literally means laughter or laughing. I mean, this is laughable. This is impossible. <laughs> I know, let's name him laughable. <laughs> if I say to you in Arabic, I'm saying, I'm laughing with you. I'm using the name. That's what it means. Can you imagine growing up your whole life? Laughter, present. <laughs> That's your name. Literally, it means laughter, because this is laughable. This is impossible. Now we've got our son. And you would think they would live happily ever after, and his descendants would be multiplied as many as the sands on the seashore, and the stars in the sky, but not so fast, because we've got another test. And it comes some 33 years later. Hang on to that, I want to come back to that. This is our third one in verses 17 through 19, and it's trusting while not understanding. This is one of those places in God's Word where one would do well to make the transition from the words on the page to the actual person. Let me explain that. I think we do err greatly when in reading God's Word we disenfranchise ourselves from the reality of what we're reading, and what's happening, and what's being recorded. This is why it is that I never refer to anyone in Scripture as a character, because it comes packaged with this idea of being fictitious. A character? Who's your favorite Bible character? I don't have any favorite Bible characters, because they're not characters. These were real men and women, like you and me, and they looked like you, well, they probably look more like me, sorry, but 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website calvarychapelkaneohe.com That's all we have time for today but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Oh,